Welcome back, those of you who are coming back. And welcome to those of you who are not coming back. <laughs> I'm not coming back. Uh, yes, thank you for joining us for this fourth and final session of Yoga, the Art of Play, in which we are exploring and experimenting. Uh, and aiming toward the idea of some writing uh, of drama. The, the general idea of writing uh, need not be restricted to drama, but I, when I bring these two ideas together, drama and ourselves writing, one reason I do this is because of all sorts of writing in many respects, drama can be the easiest. And why is it the easiest? Because it usually involves uh, dialogue. Somebody speaks to someone else and the someone else responds to what the someone has said and it goes back and forth. And it's just like life. <laughs> it's something we, something we all do we converse. Uh, of course, there's a lot more to drama than just conversation, uh, but uh, this is uh, certainly a, yeah, kind of an essential element, usually, of drama. Mm, okay, so what are we doing today? <laughs> uh, Yesterday, I gave you a task, and some of you have taken it very seriously, and I'm very happy about this. Seriously in a fun way, I hope. Not too serious. Um, and we can talk about this. I think some of you have been writing also, uh, so that's nice. But maybe before we do that, I want to read a small excerpt from a transcription and then translation from Brajabhasa of a drama that is, um, is, I say present tense, is performed. I'm sure it's been it has been and is being performed in Vrindavan many times. Uh, and uh, this is uh, from the Ras Lila um, style of performance. I mentioned this on the first day, Ras Lila uh, performance tradition in Vrindavan Braj. Uh, is um, must be a very old tradition, and it's performed all by uh, by young boys, including the female parts. And uh, the mood of these dramas tends to be light, 
and entertaining and to some extent how much I have to say I'm not uh, too knowledgeable to some extent based on writings of the Acharyas and here I might mention uh, the the Bhagavatam is as Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur has said uh, in one of his early writings he said all the Vedic literature the Rig, Sama, Yajur, Atarva, Veda the uh, all the Upanishads the Brahmanas uh, Shatapata Brahmana and Taittiriya Brahmana and the Aranyakas and uh, the Brihad Aranyaka Upanishad and the Chandogya Upanishad and the Taittiriya Upanishad and the on and on. There's so much literature and there are Dharma Sutras and there's Dharma Shastras and there's the uh, two epics, the Itiya Hasas, the Mahabharata and the Ramayana. Mm. And there's so many Puranas, and there are Upa Puranas. Um, well, what did Bhaktivinoda Thakur say about that? He said, You could burn, you could let it all be burned up. If we just had the Bhagavatam remaining, there would be no loss. <laughs> uh, the point being that the Bhagavatam is, is complete in itself in terms of uh, its purpose, which I mentioned is telling the beautiful story of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Mm. But our Acharyas, some of our Acharyas, felt uh, it not inappropriate to, so to say, expand the Bhagavatam with their commentaries, but also with what I would call creative works. Srila Jiva Goswami wrote uh, the Gopala Champu, for example. A Champu is a particular form of uh, writing it's a combination of uh, prose and poetry, back and forth. Um, Kavikarnapura also wrote a champu, the Ananda Vrindavan champu, which is highly, highly poetic uh, in his style of Sanskrit writing. Um, and in this way, uh, different acharyas have written. Srila Sanatana Goswami wrote uh, his Brihat Bhagavatamrita. And uh, like that, there's uh, such, such writings. And then um, there's folk tradition in Vrindavan. And here's where it's sometimes hard to know which came first, the folk tradition or from the acharyas. Uh, because sometimes they will borrow from each other. So, um, I'm just... Oh, and example of how... Yeah, I wanted to say the, the Bhagavatam 
it's all inclusive, but it's also extremely summarizing. And the example I like for this is uh, in the 10th canto, we find description of Krishna killing uh, demons in Vrindavan, approximately 20 altogether, Krishna and Balaram. Uh, you, you can go through them. There, you know, there's Putana and there's Trinavarta and there's the Ashakatasura and so on. Altogether, there's around 20 or 22 like that. Go, uh, Jiva Goswami says, actually, Krishna and Balaram were killing at least one demon every day. It was their daily sport. Sometimes killing one demon in the morning and one in the afternoon as part of their entertainment. Uh, but we, we, we don't have that in the Bhagavatam. So the, the point is there's, there's a lot. Uh, well, the point is that Krishna's pastimes are unlimited and always expanding. And uh, the devotees are bringing uh, forth and, and sometimes performing these pastimes for the pleasure of the devotees. So I wanted to read, I guess we could project this actually. Uh, it'll be easier for our translator to follow. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be big enough though, let's see. So this is a drama called The Theft of the Flute. So the story, I'm sort of jumping into the middle of this, but uh, the story is that uh, the gopis are meeting with each other and sharing their troubles. And, and um, well, there's a, there's a social phenomenon in the world. It's called scapegoating. Do you know this? Uh, what is scapegoating? You find someone uh, uh, that is perceived as doing something wrong and everybody gangs up on that person and, um, and gets rid of them one way or another. And in this way, all their own faults are, you know, sort of channeled into that one person as being the, the big demon. So the, the Sakis were uh, discussing amongst themselves about their troubles specifically uh, identified as uh, coming from this particular uh, piece of bamboo, a piece of, a piece of bamboo with some holes in it. <laughs> in other words, Krishna's flute. They're saying, all of our troubles are because of this flute. Uh, and uh, so we have to do something about this flute. And so they start, they, they're starting a conspiracy to steal the flute from Krishna. Because he's always playing the flute and uh, they, 
they say, we can't, you know, we, we can't do anything. As long as that flute is playing, <laughs> it's too much for us. <clears throat> so at one point, as they're discussing, Mansuka, who is Mansuka? Anyone know? Another name of Mansuka. Madhumangala, yes. So Madhumangala has been spying on them. You could say, in general, by the way, this kind of drama is uh, what Shakespeare called much ado about nothing. <laughs> it's like a big, a big fuss uh, in a little village somewhere in northern India about some, some cowherd boy who plays a flute, and it's a big problem for others. So anyway... So then the, the, the Sakis notice Mansuka and they catch him and they accuse him that he's been listening in on them. So uh, they, they say, mm. oh yeah, let's start, where shall we start? Uh, I guess we can start here. Yeah, Mansuka Madhumangal says, I descended in the midst of this little harem. Your faces turned bright red and your hearts started thumping. And then you started talking real slow under your breath. Never mind all your questions. It doesn't take much to add two and two and get four. I know what you're talking about. And then possibly suspicious of his mathematical abilities. Well, tell us then, what were we talking about? You don't think I heard, heard do you? Well, Mansuka, you girls are planning to steal away Brother Kanhaya's flute, right or wrong? <laughs> You're right, Mansuka. That flute plays at night, it plays in the daytime, it's always playing, and we can't get a stitch of work done. Well, Stuff a little cotton in your ears. That's easy. <laughs> Suckies. Listen, if we go stuffing cotton in our ears, how are our mothers-in-law and our in-law aunts going to shout their orders at us? They'll start saying we're deaf. No, you just tell us how we're going to get ourselves out of the cage this flute our co-wife has built. The co-wife co is uh, the, 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 uh, the, the flute, the stock of bamboo. Oh, that's no problem at all, says Mansuka. You just shut up and go down and jump in the Jamuna. That way, the cage itself disappears. Saki say, why should we go jump in the Jumuna? The Jumna. 
Jamna. Much better to break that flute in two and offer it to the Jamuna. Mansuka says, he's <laughs> uh, the, the translator, Jack Hawley, professor in um, New York. He's, uh, he's very accomplished in uh, Prajbasa language. He says, having taken his pot shots, he's now ready to adopt his most elevated tone. Now, girls, what's all this ranting and raving against the flute? Don't be so jealous. Just take yourselves as her equals. Look, praise pertains to the great and holiness, to the holy. You're not going to advance your own position by being revengeful and trying to strip her of hers. Instead, you should be more like her. You should change yourselves. And by raising your own status in that way, hers will seem less by comparison. What you need to do is learn to love as well as the flute does. And then Shyam Sundar will love you too. Now, Mansuka kind of backs away because he knows he's going to get in trouble for what he just said. Why, you little Brahmin boy, you fool, you greedy little character, says Saki number three. Have you gotten so fat on our gifts and offerings? Have you gotten so big for your britches that now you're giving us instructions on how to love? Mm. Listen, that flute's just a dumb stick of wood and you are a complete ass. <laughs> Mansuka says, well, I may be a complete ass, Saki, but what makes you think you're such a clever pundit? Huh, pundit? You know what they say. And then he quotes a doha of Premanand. Premanand is, uh, he's identified by the Vallabh Sampradaya uh, as one of their, I think, Astachap, one of their sort of eight principal poets. With ear, eye, mouth, and nostril assembled in a single place, everyone manages to speak see and hear, but the wise have something more. <laughs> uh, Jack Hawley uses quite good English slang sometimes for his translation of brudge, which is also a kind of slang in a way. Uh, scram! That means get out of here. <laughs> scram. Get out of here. No more sermons on pundithood. Thanks. And if you don't, I'll give you a nice swat. <clears throat> and will your face get red? And Mansuka says, listen, Saki, all that would happen if you tried to give me a swat is that your hand would get red. <clears throat> and then Saki three. 
out, out, get out of here. All right, I'll go, but I'm going to tell Krishna. Well, then go tell him, see if I care, but scram. <laughs> so, so this is all kind of, uh, how to say, uh, it's not, it's not sort of, it's not Shakespeare. It's not high, <laughs> high, highfalutin. It's, it's some, uh, you know, village talk, you could say. But of course, it has to do with Krishna, and that's what makes it interesting. Mm -hmm. But there's a certain flavor of worldliness to it all as well, isn't there? Um, but that's also part of the relish, the because Krishna is a cowherd boy in a, in a cowherd village. And he, he's, he's appearing as an ordinary cowherd boy, so to speak. Uh, so that's, that's the sense. Okay, I, won't, I, I, I think I won't continue with that. We could just go on reading, but uh, I just wanted to give you an idea of a type of drama that is done in Vrindavan. I mentioned before, the players are then worshipped. Radha and Krishna are worshipped in the, in the end of the drama. And uh, it's, it's part of this um, Braj culture. It's very much uh, an integral part, you can say, of the, of the Braj culture. All of this, by the way, is done with lots of music, um, and uh, musicians will um, be very knowledgeable of uh, these, this music tradition uh, of these poets as well. So it's, it makes for a very rich kind of experience, and it's a fun experience at the same time. It, it comes back, it brings us back, I think, to what I'm saying, yoga, the art of play, so this is a kind of play. It's a kind of fun, uh, picturing how things might be in uh, the village of Braj with Krishna and his, his friends. Yeah. There's so many stories, especially stories about <laughs> Madhu Mangala and how he gets in trouble with the Sakis. And, yeah. Okay, uh, uh, let's see. So, um, all right, let's, let's proceed now, if we can turn this off. Yeah, thank you. Um, let's get back to, <laughs> this sounds like rasa basa. Let's get back to Hiranyakashipu. <laughs> Who was not here yesterday? Oh, some of you were not here. Okay. Uh, to fill you in, we are, um, I've asked everyone to help me to write a drama about Hiranyakashipu after he's been killed, in which he realizes that he's not dead. And he's having a discussion uh, with Narada. Narada is offering help for him to 
Hmm, what can we say? To adjust to his new situation, which he's trying to understand. And we're trying to understand how does Hiranyakashipu, and of course there's Hiranyaksha, who we understand had been Jaya and Vijaya, right? In Vaikuntha. So now they're in uh, this sort of transition stage. How they are eventually going to become, who are they going to become? Yeah, they're going to be Ravana and Kumbhakarna. Kumbhakarna, yes. Pot-eared, the one with pot-ears. Hmm. Yeah, so um, I left I left you with uh, sort of with a with a cliffhanger. No, that's not really what it was. Uh, what did we have? Yeah, Narada is reminding Rasingadeva that Prahlad was giving him. Good advice, wasn't it? Um, <clears throat> do you remember what he said? Uh, Narada is asking Hiranyakashipu, do you remember what he said? And Hiranyakashipu says, mm, vaguely, mm, um, he advised me to go to the forest. Do you all remember that from the Bhagavatam? So this was the first advice, right? There's actually three lessons that Prahlad gives. We won't go into that, but uh, this is the first lesson. My dear best of the demons, I think it would be good if you go to the forest. And Srila Prabhupada in his word-for-word uh, -word translation for forest, he says, uh, that means Vrindavan. <laughs> you should go to Vrindavan. <laughs> Imagine Hiranyakashipu going to Vrindavan. Maybe that should be another drama to be written. <laughs> what happens when Hiranyakashipu takes Prahlad's advice and says, oh, good idea, I think I'll go to Vrindavan. Anyway, uh, his second... His second advice, or, uh, well, the second one, he's, he's reporting what he has learned in school. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, he didn't actually learn that in the school that Hiranyakashipu was thinking of. He learned it in the school of Narada. Uh, and this kind of is bringing a connection here where we're... We're imagining Narada speaking with Hiranyakashipu after Hiranyakashipu has been uh, dispatched by Nrsingadev. And it's Narada who was teaching Prahlad. And what did he teach him? He taught him Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaranam, Parasevanam, Archanam, Bandhanam, Dasyam, Sakyam, Atmani, Vedanam. Uh, and so he's also inviting Hiranyakashipu to engage in devotional service. 
<laughs> which he had originally been doing as Jaya. I'm assuming he's Jaya and Hiranyaksha was uh, uh, Vijaya. So that's where we left it. And then I asked, uh, could you think about how you, how you would take it from here? I got one beginning of a response. Uh, he left with me, or they left it with me, because they said they knew they won't be able to come here uh, today. From Madan Gopal Prabhu and Anandamurti Prabhu. Maybe I'll read this. Hiranyakashipu says, Tell me, Nar- Narada, why is it that my sworn enemy, the killer of my brother, has become such a strangely intimate well-wisher. The thought of him moves my heart as nothing else. As I, can't read one word, as I wish, uh, no, I would, as I would know him, for many life, as if I would know him for many lifetimes. Tell me, Narada, how are these teachings of Prahlad, my son, that I def- detested and fought against with all my being, now appeared to me, uh, or appears to me like nectar of immortality? He is my enemy, that I... I remember, but my feeling says he is my worshipable Lord. I'm confused. And then he writes, Shishyaste hum shadi mang twang prapannam. What is that line? Famous line in Bhagavad Gita. Anyone know? Yes, of course, Krishna Prema Rupa. Yes, I'm confused. Karpanya dosho pahata svabhava pritchami tong dharma samuda cheta. My consciousness is samudha cheta. It's become befooled, you can say. yeah, Shishyasteham, now I'm your, your disciple. Please uh, clarify for me. Narada says, O great demon king, know this, whether you admit it or not, um, I will, you, I can't read one word, you, I guess, are part and parcel of the Lord. Or maybe it's we all. Or it's all. All are part and parcel of the Lord. Okay. He is the origin and the ultimate aim of everyone's life. You are are fortunate. Your son has begged for your forgiveness. Okay, so that's nice. Uh, It sounds like kind of, hmm, 
a bit going ahead from where he might be at this stage where I left it, but still, it's it's nice. And one I, I particularly like, he, he uh, brings, or they, brought in this line of a verse from from Krishna, uh, from Bhagavad Gita, from Arjuna. That's, that's, uh, I mentioned that yesterday. One way, or the Tuesday, uh, one way to develop a, a nice uh, little drama, or a longer drama, a little drama is you can uh, have it sort of rotate around or have have one verse uh, from Shastra and make that a key point within the drama and quote that verse. What was the example of that we had from our reading, I think it was the first day? We had a little drama. Yes, Krishna Premarupa. Yes, Srinvatang Svakata Krishna Punya Shravana Kirtana. We had this verse. Uh, and who spoke it? The professor spoke it. Um, did he speak it like a devotee would speak it? Not really. But he was speaking it nonetheless in a sort of in a way that he, you could say he was being distracted into it and such that he might be affected positively by it. Anyway, it was the boatman and uh, the professor story. And the author or authors of this particular version managed to kind of slip in this verse. So that's nice. Would anyone like to share what you came up with yesterday or between yesterday and today? Uh, don't all speak at once, please. Uh, don't be shy either. <laughs> yes. Um, we started with that... Uh the instruction of Prahlad to Hiranyakashipu and he actually uh, in the in-between world uh, from one time to the next he um, he went to the forest and meditated and uh, Hiranyakashipu. Hiranyakashipu and um, Vishnu partially uh, for um, to some extent fulfilled his desires and he could in meditation see um, uh, Ram and he was really attracted to him actually but then he saw him with Sita together and then he became even more attracted to Sita and then envy kicks in again because he was um, uh. Kashipu was really uh, in between envy and attraction and, um, and also we, we compared it to the famous story of the two wolves, the black and the white, uh, uh. which are fighting in the human heart. Uh. And so these two, uh, his love and attraction on the one hand and his envy on the other, they're mm. fighting. And yeah, the black wolf <laughs> somehow won and um, he became Ravana. Ah, that's uh, nice. Thank you. Yeah. 
something more. That was it. Or uh, something did I forget more. something to my group? <laughs> no, that's no, that's very nice. Thank you. Very nice. <laughs> Thank you. Anyone else you want to share? Yes, Damish. Um, so some of us brainstormed of how we could develop it. And then um, also personally, I kind of continued it a little bit in my head. Oh. And um, so as we know, it last ended with the instruction. I vaguely remember he wanted me to go to the forest. And then uh, Narada says that, have you considered it seriously? It might be nice to take some time off and process what you've undergone <laughs> and um, just exp the experience that you've undergone. And perhaps you would even encounter this person who's on your mind. And that gets Hiranyakashipu thinking that, what do you mean who's on my mind? And Narada says, you know what I mean. And this uh, makes Hiranyakashipu very uh, curious. And the scene ends with both of them walking out of the stage. And the next scene is again the forest of Hampi. Oh. <laughs> and um, where there's that huge yes. Morty, yeah. So um, the for so oh sorry, I forgot. In the previous scene, Narada also says that why don't you take this chance and travel to the forest of Hampi, and there you should again en encounter your assassin, the half man, half man, half lion. Oh. And this is how the scene ends. Your assassin. Ooh. Then the scene uh, again. The next scene is the forest of Hampi, where. Um, Hiranyakashipu is just walking around and then he comes face to face with Yoga Nirsimha, the 21 feet deity. Mm. Uh, and he's wonderstruck, he's awestruck just looking at um, Yoga Nirsimha, who's still in his full form, not like he is now today, but still in his full form. Mm. And then just seeing uh, Yoga Nirsimha like that, Hiranyakashipu is overcome with a lot of awe and reverence, and there's a change of heart and he falls at his feet and he offers a lot of prayers. This takes us back to your back to your point that maybe he's not all that bad. So he starts offering the prayers, and then he says, "My Lordship." And then all the memory comes back to him about Jai and Vijay and all of this. Um, but then Hiranyakashipu says that after, although I know that I remain your eternal servant, but after having served you as a wrestling competition or on the other side, I see that I provide you a different kind of rasa or different kind of pleasure. And how then can I continue this? And therefore then oh, he continues it as Ravana. <laughs> and then, so then the Lord advises him to appear as Ravana, something like yes, that? Yes, something like that. Okay, that's nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think what we're uh, going to have is not one drama, but several dramas of Hiranyakashipu, and that, that could be nice. Um, any from the gents' side? Yes. Yes, uh, wrote more like a story, not a conversation. Uh -huh. um, maybe more the uh, abstract version. Oh, 
So, uh, through the full attention of the Supreme Lord, Hiranyakashipu felt, even in the death, some strange feelings, which he never felt before. Something happened in his heart. In the conversation with Narada, Hiranya came to the insight, even he didn't want to show it to Narada, that the Lord didn't meant it too bad with him, and that he is quite, quite confused because of this happening and the feelings inside of him. So he took one of the advices of his son very serious and went to the forest to find himself again. Ah, another forest story. <laughs> in the forest, Hiranya found a cave in which he practiced, practiced renunciation and silent meditation. He wasn't too happy with himself because he the silent meditation was quite hard for him because he always meditated on the Narasimha form of the Lord. He was still angry on the Lord, but he also felt some strange feelings. Through his renunciation and meditation on the Lord, he slowly overcome his old anger. With strange feelings, which he never felt before, but always was searching for, and still, and his still unpure heart, lust was arising. In his meditation, he received the transcendental vision in which he saw Lord Narasimhadev appearing as Lord Ram with Sita and Lakshman. He felt happiness about this vision, but also some jealous feelings because of Sita's position. Huh, similar, huh? <laughs> <laughs> According to his karma and desires, Hiranya took incarnation near Lord Ram. He had the deep desire to meet him. Incarnated as Ravana, he was walking in the forests where he saw Lord Rama, Sita Devi, and Lakshman. As he saw Lord Rama and his transcendental beauty, he felt lust arising. As he saw Sita and Lakshman, he felt envy. So he decided to take away Sita Devi, that he can take the position of her. As Lord Rama heard from that action, of course he got angry on Ravana. As Ravana heard from Lord Rama's anger, he felt bad of his actions, but he couldn't express his feelings towards him. <laughs> because of that, he got frustrated and because he felt so much lust. Not lost towards Sita Devi, only lost for Lord Ram. Hmm. So the actions took place and Ravana was too proud to show his attraction and desires and feelings. He never could imagine to fight against his love, but he was too proud. He wished to be loved by Lord Ram and was looking for to get killed by him <laughs> so that he could at least feel his full attention again like with Lord Narasim Hadith. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think there are others, but if you could now continue with this and maybe consider refinements or, for example, with this one, how would you now turn this into something to perform on the stage rather than just a story? But uh, maybe you could just discuss for a few minutes 
um, if there would be any further further somethings that you would want to bring to what you've done. Uh, If you feel like, nope, this is it, it's finished, that's also okay. But uh, maybe something will come out from your speaking together, sort of you can churn, do some churning and see if something more comes out. Is that all right? Just for a few minutes. Okay. What you've written, and there's two options. The better option is that one of you take what you've done so far and, dare I say, type it up. (laughs) Uh, We need volunteers for typing these things up. Um, To type them up and um, send them to me. Florina, you want to do some typing? You're you're offering for everyone, or what? Oh, wow. Okay. But some of you might want to continue working on what you're doing, and that's also welcome. But I don't want to uh, burden you with anything. I'm happy with whatever, uh, whatever whatever thoughts you have had so far and that you would like to share. So is this all right? Is this, uh, but one thing is please identify yourselves. Uh, I'd like to know who, who has contributed to this, okay? And uh, I'd like to be able to say, and we will produce something out of this for next time. I would like to say that, but I'm a little shy of making commitments. We heard about the risk of commitments. We also heard about the risk of not making commitments. But in this case, I'm going to hold on to the risk of not making a commitment. And at the same time, bring up the possibility. (laughs) Can we have this um, projector again on? So I want to thank you all for all the uh, efforts you've put into this. And uh, I think something nice will come from it. Jaya Jaya Shri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gora Bhakta Vrinda Jaya Jaya Shri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Beta Chandra Jaya Gora Bhakta Vrinda Jaya Jaya Shri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Beta Chandra Jaya Gora Bhakta Vrinda Jaya 
Uh, I want to read a little from Chaitanya Charitamrita. This is Antilila, chapter one. Uh, in case you're not aware, uh, our our Swayam Bhagavan Keshava Swami Maharaj, who uh, had to uh, go on his way this morning, has written a wonderful little book called CC Compact, and it's available, can be downloaded, digital copy, and he gives this wonderful um, way of sort of um, mapping the Chaitanya Charitamrita uh, in very simple terms. Uh, and uh, the first, I think it's 13 chapters of Antilila. He, he gives one word labels for the themes, namely appreciation and what is it? Correction. So they kind of go back and forth. There's appreciation of devotees and then there's correction of other devotees. So here we're reading about appreciation and specifically appreciation of Srila Rupa Goswami. So Rupa Goswami has been in Vrindavan and he has made the long and arduous journey to uh, Puri, Jagannath Puri, to meet with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as also Sanatana Goswami will uh, make that journey. Uh, and so he comes to, um, to Puri, but on his way, uh, it's, there's a town, I believe it's in Odisha, uh, called Satyabhamapur, or Satyabhamapuri, Satyabhamapur. Um, and so on his way, Rupa Goswami stays overnight in this town. And while he's there at night, this is described earlier um, in, Chaitan, in, in this chapter, he has a dream. Satyabhama comes to him in the dream and says, write a drama about me. <laughs> oh, okay. Because he's been planning a drama about Krishna and Vrindavan and Satyabhama is kind of saying, what about me? <laughs> so he has this dream and he's thinking about this and he comes to Vrindavan. Uh, to Puri, and in Puri, so here we are, text 65 of chapter 1 on Tilila. On the next day, when Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to see Srila Rupa Goswami, the omniscient Lord spoke as follows. Do not try to take Krishna out of Vrindavan, for he does not go anywhere else at any time. The Krishna, known as Yadukumar, is Vasudeva Krishna. He is different from the Krishna who is the son of Nanda Maharaj. Yadukumar Krishna manifests his pastimes in the cities of Mathura and Dwaraka. But Krishna, the son of Nanda Maharaj, 
never at any time leaves Vrindavan. After saying this, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to perform his noontime duties, leaving Srila Rupa Goswami somewhat surprised. Uh, it's more than once in Chaitanya Charitamrita that Lord Chaitanya meets with devotees, says something, and then goes for his noontime duties. What is this noontime duties? Well, in the Brahminical tradition, uh, Vaishnava tradition, but more broadly Brahminical, uh, one uh, performs Sandhya Vandana three times a day, which is including, but has much more to it, includes the chanting of the Gayatri Mantra or mantras, especially the Brahma Gayatri Mantra. Um, and prior to this, the, the very strict Brahmins, they will first bathe. So bathing three times a day and then uh, chanting this mantra. And we, we have this uh, indicated in our prayer of Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, Jayang Stuvang Stasya Yashas Tri Sandhyam Vande Guru Sri Charanaravinda. Tri Sandhya means morning, noon, evening. Jayang means meditating. Stuvam is praising. Jayang Stuvang Stasya of him. Yasha uh, of the 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 glories or the fame of him, Yashaha, uh, Trisandyam, three times a day. Uh, this is what what we do. Anyway, so Lord Chaitanya is going for his noontime duties, <laughs> and he leaves Rupa Goswami kind of, oh, what was this all about? Why does he suddenly speak about this? Uh, and then he remembers... Satyabhama ordered me to write two different dramas. Now I understand that this order has been confirmed by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Formerly I wrote the two dramas as one composition. Now I shall divide it and describe the incidents in two separate works. I shall write two separate invocations of good fortune and two different introductions. Let me think deeply about the matter and then describe two different sets of incidents. So, who is the author of Chaitanya Charitamrita? Krishnadas Kaviraj. He is writing uh, about what he may have heard directly from Rupa Goswami uh, or not, or possibly from Raghunath Das. Um, how Rupa Goswami is thinking about uh, how he's going to write this drama. And I thought to call attention to this because instead of just... Uh, just thinking, well, that's Rupa Goswami, and I am not Rupa Goswami, uh, therefore forget about writing. <laughs> I want to suggest to turn it around and say, oh, one of our previous acharyas was writing, and he was thinking also how to do it, 
And he got advice how to do it, and he took that advice. Some of the advice, okay, pretty special, coming from Satyabhama herself coming. So you may say, well, um, I don't get such dreams, and I don't have Lord Chaitanya coming to me and telling me, so, you know, how can I do this? Well, again, uh, we can take it that some kind of guidance is coming. Uh, Satyabhama, we can, we can say, is, um, okay, how to say, expansion of Srimati Radharani, right? And, uh, and uh, Srimati Radharani is the energy of Lord Krishna, the uh, Hladini Shakti. And uh, a f- uh, I'm going to get sidetracked here, but point I want to make is we can also be inspired from within uh, to, to express, to write. So that's what I wanted to say. Um, but then a little later, uh, okay, verse 75. Generally, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu recited a verse while dancing and chanting before the rata. But no one knew why he was reciting that particular verse. And what is that verse? Here it's quoted. Uh, maybe we go to the Sanskrit. Yakkomarahara eva hibaras ta eva chaitrakshapas te chonmilitamalati surabaya Prodhakadambanila Sachaivasmitatapitatra Surata Vyaparalila Vidhau Reva Rodasiveta Sitarutale Chetasamutkantate <laughs> That very personality who stole my heart during my youth is now again my master. These are the same moonlit nights of the month of Chaitra. The same fragrance of malati flowers is there, and the same sweet breezes are blowing from the Kadamba forest. In our intimate relationship, I am also the same lover, yet still my mind is not happy here. I am eager to go back to that place on the bank of the Reva under the Veta Sea tree. That is my desire. Now, the thing is, where is this verse from? This is not from the Goswamis. This is not from Lord Chaitanya. What is this? This is a famous verse known by the poeticians, the aesthetes of India. Uh, coming from uh, a work of uh, poetics called the Kavya Prakasha, and uh, which was compiled by one uh, aesthetician, po- poetician called Mamata. And he lived, when did he live? 14th century, 13th, I, I forget. He was much earlier than Lord Chaitanya. So uh, this, this verse 
has uh, it's it's as if because it's mentioned Lord Chaitanya was would chant this verse during the Ratha Yatra and the devotees were kind of like uh, why is he chanting that verse it's sort of like if he were singing some Bollywood song they were maybe even a little embarrassed you know why why is he singing that and the point that's being made by Krishnadas Kaviraj is nobody understood this except one person. Who was that one person? Swarudamanar. Actually, two persons, <laughs> because Srila Rupa Goswami also. Yes. <clears throat> yes, and Rupa Goswami then writes a verse in response or as a kind of echo of the verse that Lord Chaitanya had been chanting. <clears throat> Priyaso yam krishna sahachari karukshetra militas tataham saradha tadidamubayo sangamasukam tatapyanta kelan madara murali panchamajushe mano kalindi Pulina vipinaya sprihayati. Uh, this, by the way, is uh, the meter is called shikarini, and shikarini. Uh, this is the the meter. You, it's echoing in the last four syllables of each line, and shikarini is um, it's a particular sweet mixture of yogurt and sugar candy, and there's different formulas for it. Um, but it's also the name of a, of a meter. My dear friend, now I have met my very old and dear friend Krishna on this field of Kurukshetra. I am the same Radharani, and now we are meeting together. It is very pleasant but I would still like to go to the bank of the Yamuna beneath the trees of the forest there. I wish to hear the vibration of his fl sweet flute playing the fifth note within the forest of Rindavan. So um, why do I mention all of this? This is, um, you could say part of what Rupa Goswami is doing in his writing. Actually, this verse is quoted in his Padyavali. Um, but uh, there's, there are more verses mentioned from his Vidagda Madhava. So you can read. Uh, our time is so short, we can't really <laughs> do, it or do it here. But, and I wanted to do so many other things, but alas... Uh, that's how life is. Let me, let me, okay, Hare Krishna, let me jump now to my um, sort of pitch for writing. I, we did a presentation in Mayapur some years back, 2018 was it, uh, called Write and Be Happy. You've heard Chant and Be Happy. 
How about write and be happy? So voicing our way to Krishna through the written word. And uh, I'll jump here. Who can write and for whom? Well, Srila Prabhupada wrote to Brahmananda in a letter, all students should be encouraged to write some article after reading Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita, and teachings of Lord Chaitanya. They should realize the information and they must present their assimilation in their own words. Otherwise, how they can become preachers. <laughs> so all students means all devotees of any gender, any age, etc. Um, how do I be a writer? Well, start thinking of yourself as a writer. When someone asks you, what do you do? You can say, I'm a writer. Oh, really? What have you written? Well, I haven't written anything yet, <laughs> but it's just now coming. Uh, here's the affirmation you can give yourself. I allow myself to write. Um, and a detail here at this stage, but can ask yourself, who is my audience? Your audience might be yourself. It might be your children. It might be your grandchildren. It might be your great-grandchildren uh, who have not yet appeared. I many times think, why didn't my grandparents and their parents, why, uh, why none of them wrote anything? I would have been so fascinated by anything they wrote, but no. Nope. What to write? Well, Prabhupada wrote uh, in a letter, if you continue to write articles on the basis of Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam, certainly they will appeal to the core of the hearts of all human beings. And surely they will respond. So continue the policy scrupulously and you will be successful. Uh, okay, I have to do this quickly. So where and when to write? Well, uh, Lord Brahma says in 10th Canto, Stay where you are. <laughs> in other words, from anywhere you can write or in any condition, any stage of your life. You don't have to wait until you're um, retired. Uh, you don't have to wait until you are a vanaprastha or maybe a sannyasi. Prabhupada especially said uh, writing is for sannyasis, but... He also said everyone should write. It can help to make a special place for yourself to write. This is my writing universe, my corner, my desk, my room. Uh, some devotees, I have a good friend, a devotee, 
who um, he's writing his memoirs, and they're very fascinating memoirs, and f- and very humorous also. also. And uh, he writes in a in a coffee shop. He doesn't drink coffee, but he writes in a coffee shop. <laughs> Oh, but I have no time. Ich habe kein Zeit. (laughs) Well, what to do? Make time. (laughs) How to make time? Well, first comes desire and then Krishna helps. When to write? Ideally, every day. Jeden Tag. Tag ein, Tag aus. Um, Yes, whether middle-aged, junior, senior, whatever. Okay. Why write? Uh, This is from Chaitanya Charitamrita. This is Krishnadas Kaviraj speaking. He says... It is by the mercy of all these Vaishnavas and Gurus that I attempt to write about the pastimes and qualities of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Whether I know it or not, it is for self-purification that I write this book. This is emphasized, Prabhupada. Uh, So why to write? For self-purification. In the purport to the same... One should write transcendental literature to purify oneself, not for credit. By writing about the pastimes of the Lord, one associates with the Lord directly. Now you may say, but the writing's already been done. It's all there in Shastra. It's all there in the Goswamis. What can I write? What can I add? What do I know? Well, why does, why does Prabhupada say everyone should write? And why does he say um, after assimilation? So one of the best ways to get yourself re- reading is to have a writing project for which you need to know what you're talking about from some source. For us, this means generally Shastra. So then it gets you reading. And when it, and that reading gets you reflecting. Shravanam, Mananam, Nididhyasanam. The writing becomes the process of digestion. <laughs> Digesting. Shravanam mananam nididhyasanam. Okay. Quickly, quickly. Why write? Well, people want to hear your take on your spiritual path. Yes, we have. We want people to read Srila Prabhupada's books. But people are also asking, okay, but what's your experience? How is it you understand? 
And for many people, and that is the most important way of access. Uh, the next point is in comparison to how much is being written just in the English language uh, by people in different religious traditions. Uh, they're writing hundreds, and I don't exaggerate, hundreds of new titles every year uh, related to Christianity. What to speak of other religious traditions. Um, but what are, what are we doing? Well, we have, we have a good number of books, but in comparison, it's a drop in the bucket. Now, I wrote, uh, I presented this uh, being asked to respond to what's written in red here at the ISKCON Leaders Sangha. How can we meld traditional values? Meld means bring together traditional vows and sacred concepts from our Shastra with the need to remain relevant to the ever-changing society we live in. It's a nice, nice question. And uh, it's a how can we question. <laughs> so I'm suggesting one way we might be able to do this is through writing. Uh, and uh, one particular way of writing just happens to be writing drama, <laughs> which when performed can be so attractive. And one way to perform drama, um, because this is um, a, one of the reasons we don't perform drama, is uh, we think it takes too much time to prepare, um, to memorize lines, to memorize script. First of all, our memories don't work the way it used to. <laughs> in previous yugas. Uh, and uh, yeah, who has time for this? So one very interesting and can be effective way to perform a drama is as what is sometimes called a radio drama. Usually radio dramas are performed so you don't see the performers, you only hear them, and they are broadcast on radio. Uh, they still do this on radio, BBC radio, they have lots of, lots of radio dramas. But another way to do a radio drama is that you, you, you stand on the stage, stand or sit, someone may be, in, I don't know, standing on their head, uh, different positions, whatever. So you are seen by the audience, but you have the script right with you in your hands. And all you have to do is read your part, but read it dramatically. 
And all that takes generally is a couple of rehearsals. You can read through a few times yourself. Um, and uh, you don't need any stage props, you don't need any costumes, you don't need to think about stage movement, although you could bring that in, uh, stage directions. You just have the script and read, but read dramatically. And it could also be with some sound, um, some sort of sound effect. There's different ways it can be done. So that's, that's one tip I have of getting from the point of, okay, we have a drama, but who's going to perform it? <clears throat> How to write. Practice, 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 practice. Feedback. Don't be shy. Show it to someone. Don't be proud thinking... Um, the, if the feedback is negative, I will hate this person. <laughs> Find your writer's voice. Um, yeah, that's a big topic. A nice example, um, Prananda Devi, uh, a devotee in Alachua, Florida, has written this very nice book, Wise Love, Bhakti and the Search for the Soul of Consciousness. Um, so it's in, she, she has over the years developed her writing voice, and so she's written a, a very attractive book uh, to inspire people to take up Krishna Bhakti. Avoid cliches. You know what a cliche is? And uh, avoid imitating Srila Prabhupada's language and phraseology. Something we get, uh, we tend to from reading Prabhupada's books and hearing, and we start talking like. And sometimes that doesn't really work. Uh, okay, that's pretty much what I wanted to say, and it's we're over time. Yeah, make a writing plan. Get reading. Read Prabhupada's books, but dare I say, you can read other books as well. <laughs> um, a good writer is a reader, someone who has read widely. You can read about writing also. Um, I do that occasionally. It, it can bring a lot of inspiration. There's so many books, good books, about writing. Uh, there's one book, I just remember the title comes to mind, Writing to the Bone. I forget the name of the author, but she's uh, encouraging writing. Writing to the Bone. Connect, yeah, get curious Get connected with other writers. Get yourself published. Or get yourself performed. <laughs> you can perform in the temple. Right. Well, uh, I feel we have simply merely scratched the surface of our topic. Um, yoga, 
the art of play. I hope uh, I, it's given you some, stirred up something in you, and I hope it's going to lead to some, some of you, all of you, why not all of you, doing some writing. You may not have thought of yourself in that way, but I'm guessing that just by the fact that you're still here, those of you still here on the fourth day of our, of our uh, seminar, that you do have something, something in you wants to do some, something like what we're talking about. Could that be the case? Yes, no, maybe, no. No. Yes, no, I see a lot of uh, uncertainty here. The question, yeah, the, frog, the, the question is whether you are inspired to do some writing, um, specifically of drama, because I think that's a very um, conducive, easy, it's something you can... Um, enact, you can perform, you can create a drama with two persons, you can print it out, have two of you do the reading during a Sunday program, for example. Um, it's, it's not a big, it's not, it's not something beyond imagination, right? And I hope also to have inspired you that there is a place for imagination in the practice of Krishna consciousness. Okay, I think we'll stop there. Thank you all very much. Oh, question. Okay, yeah. Because you mentioned the Brihad Bhagavad Damrita, yeah. and uh, was uh, the author um, had he a vision of the story, or what was mm. also his creativity involved? Yeah, that question comes invariably, especially with Brihad Bhagavad Damrita, because it seems like it seems like a story. Uh, the first part, Narada, is sort of wandering through the universe and visiting uh, the different devotees and speaking with them. And, and the second part... So, as I understand, um, yes, Sanatan Goswami did have a kind of... Uh, uh, some, some kind of revelation. But a revelation, I would say, in which it's not that it was all spelled out for him and that he was simply parroting. My personal understanding is it was, it was his, because it's Brihad Bhagavatamrita, it's, a, it's his, in a sense, commentary. It's, he wrote other commentaries on the Bhagavatam. And he wanted to make it uh, attractive you know, for, for all sorts of readers. And so... Some kind of vision was there, and then based on that, he uh, he brought his realization from the Bhagavatam and his creativity. So I think it's a combination in his part, on his part. That's my understanding. But I must say, um, 
we'll have to ask Sanatana Goswami if we ever get that opportunity. <laughs> yes, good. So I will say thank you all very much for tar- participating, for joining, and uh, taking part, and for helping because you have been helping, helping me. This is, uh, yeah, to my benefit, if to no one else's. (laughs) And uh, I hope you will keep this, something of this idea that there is place for uh, what we're speaking about in in our culture of Christian consciousness. Srila Prabhupada, said that uh, this Krishna consciousness movement will be spread by cultural conquest. Uh, So, and a very integral part of our culture is drama. Yeah. Thank you all very much. Shiva Prabhupada ki jai, Ananta Goti Vaishnavarinda ki jai, Nitai Gaur Premanande. Hare Krishna.